You're listening to Bleed TV, the only podcast for today's best shows and movies. I'm Zach. And I'm Cash. And we're, we're going to be hitting up. Again. Do what? I said, and we're a man down again. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not meant to be right now. Yeah, if you were expecting Jake, he is nutless. His wife needed him for something, and so he's going home to where she keeps his balls and a backbone and Tupperware in the garage. So anyway, we're going to move forward without him. (laughs) But anyway, plus he really didn't want to talk about this episode because he thought it was... He didn't feel like he could bring any positivity to this episode. And it's going to be tough for us as well. Um, as much as I love this episode, which was the fifth one, Dallas, um, this was by this episode? No, I said I didn't love this episode, oh, okay, but I love okay. the show. Um, this was a sh- huge struggle for me. Unfortunately, this was the weakest episode of the entire series. Yeah, I mean, as we were just talking a little bit before we started, it was just a bad episode. You know, sometimes you have a cold on a day and you just can't really help it. And well, th- this was that. I understand. There's a lot of people out there defending and like that. And I, I don't mind defending, too, is that, you know, you have to come off the high every once in a while. I mean, just like Walking Dead, you know, you you know, which I hate to use that as comparison because sometimes it's amazing, sometimes it's garbage. But, you know, the shows will have set up episodes and you'll have episodes where you got to do backstory and you have to do those things. And they're kind of fillery. This one was supposed to give us backstory, but instead you get an awful montage yeah, like, that ends up being you know not kind of pointless to, and it doesn't really move the storyline. All it does is fill in a gap that with a gap you really didn't have to know. No, like I, I didn't need reassurance that Tulip can't cook. Like as soon as you tell me a peanut butter pot roast, I mean I know I'm jumping ahead way far, but it's just like we've yeah. already seen. That there was a lot cook. of elements here. I was like, do we really need to know this part of it? It felt like we already knew it. Right, you know, and so I guess that was my struggle with the episode. Another thing is, is that every episode we've had has brought some kind of unique element mm-hmm. to make the show what it is, different than normal television. This episode, I didn't see that. I I don't think of any spot that was like, there was okay, a, that's what makes it different. No, I mean, there was nothing that did different, but there, I mean, there was a few things like Dave Porter, who does the music, like when he was getting ready to torture Victor, and like you could hear crickets. In the uh, torture room and stuff. Right. I thought that was pretty cool. You know, I mean, we, like we had, and like he still had the foosball men on the uh, right, right, right. I mean, there were some cool no, things. Those but, are cool details. Yeah, but I mean, nothing but there that, wasn't a scene that brought you down or brought you up like they've done in the past. No. Um, and I guess that was just a missing element. But then again, you know, just like when we did Game of Thrones, a lot of people complained that the show was just all set up minus the first ten minutes. Well, the first ten minutes of Game of Thrones was epic. Yeah. You know, everybody was fist pumping and just like everybody was like that. But I really enjoyed the rest of the setup. This one, like we said, was a gap filler that was unnecessary. Yeah, they didn't really fill any gaps. Like, I mean, the only thing we get is the Saint of Killers is already in New Orleans. And now he knows where Jesse is. Right. I mean, well, let's start with the episode going off. I mean, the first thing we do is we pick up immediately where we left off. We've got Victor in the headlock. Jesse is extremely pissed off. He's blurry like vision. Like, you know, do you like this Jesse that's just single-minded and everything? Um, Yes and no. It just depends on what his outcome comes with it. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, like you've started to read the comics and everything. So is this how I've got into the comic books and uh, he is impulsive. He does get where he is a badass. Now, I will tell you in the comic books, just like the show, like he can handle himself. Oh, yeah. Even without using Genesis, man can handle himself. Um, very impressive. Um, and so I like that you see his fighting capabilities. I love that they mix that in there. I think that's great. Um, but, you know, bringing him in the torture room, hanging him up, and then we stop and we get this long delay, you know. And then we go back to 
where he was, you know, he's staring out the window and we do the past before he goes to Anvil. Oh man. And he started off the worst haircut known to man. Like I was asking if this was the same haircut because this thing looked atrocious. I mean, there wasn't, uh, there's I mean, no redeeming qualities in this haircut. No, I mean, there was no business up front part in the back. There was nothing. It was just, it's like, you God. know, Tulip loves Jesse because she stayed with him through this haircut. <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, the funny thing is, is that when Tulip dresses up and does her hair, wow. Yeah. I mean, like she was looking better, and she and then he looked worse. And I was, you know, so it was kind of backwards a little bit. But then you, this other guy who's making doobies out of Bible pages, uh, using it to hold the window up. I don't like it one bit. And to me, it was like, all right, how can we make this silly? Or how can we make the you know this look like a complete loser smoking dope all the time? And I'm like, you know, it just I don't remember this in any part of the comic books like this. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I don't remember. It, it just I don't know. It just didn't go well to me. You know, I don't know what they were. And preacher, we've gotten extra episodes this season, right? Mm-hmm. And so maybe I'm starting to think maybe we shouldn't have gotten those episodes if it's for things like this. <sighs> yeah. And I hate I mean, to say that. Yeah, don't get wrong. Now, the man's going through some depression because mm-hmm. he did have to kill a person. Had their a Carlos ditched on him. They've had a miscarriage. You know, their life's in a gutter. They don't have a lot of money. And their handler's trying to get them to go back to business and go mm-hmm. back to work. And they don't. he doesn't want it. She's on the fence. The peanut pot roast, just the idea of hearing peanut pot roast disgusted me. I was me. gagging. You know, now I did love that she's over there trying to saw into it and couldn't even make a dent. No, not even come close. Because she starts cooking this pot roast like 30 minutes before she comes. Every pot roast I know takes at least four hours on high, if not eight hours on low. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) if you're doing four hours on high, that thing's not fork tender. Like, I mean, you need the knife. Like, it's eight hours. So I just like, what? And then the conversation of what you're up to now, she's like, well, I'm a realtor assistant. (laughs) I don't really have the signs. You know, and like, and he's doing nothing, you know, and he supposedly had a job as a bartender, which you've never seen him at the bar. Nope. Um, so unless opening beers at your house makes you a bartender, hey, right. Start tipping myself. You know, and I was, Danny, you know, the girl's like, oh, my dog died. Who gives a crap? You want to work? You know, I got these jobs. Well, of course she mentions Victor, Victor in mm-hmm. the, in the, in the group. Um, and so that it makes that connection. So you see where. Based on their conversation, you know he doesn't work, but she's still kind of intrigued. So you know where the Victor thing comes into mm-hmm. play. So they give you all that. And then then it goes, it works right into the whole, let's check, do the pregnancy and the montage of him oh going to the corner God. store and getting uh, glue rooster beer. Like I Glue mean, rooster. Not blue. Glue. Glue. Uh, you know, as Elmer's. And I mean, there's PBR right next to it. Just spend up. I just, and you know, of course he's getting the pregnancy test and getting the pack of smokes and so on. And I'm just like, I was just waiting for the guy to already have it ready at some point. Really? I already got in a sack for you. Yeah. Like, Mr. Custard, you know, if you've done it four times in a row, I'm going to assume by the fifth time, I'm just going to have it ready for you. Right. You know, and uh, let's go ahead and be honest here. You don't do a pregnancy test every day. No. Not once a week. Not any of that stuff. I mean, I don't care if you were humping daily. The woman only ovulates once a month, you know, for a short period of time. Mm -hmm. And then the pregnancy test is not for a while later. 
So, I mean, I don't care if you're jackrabbits. You know, you're not buying this pregnancy test as often as he is. No. Unless we're supposed to just assume that this is like every other week that he's doing this. But it doesn't make you feel that way. No, it makes you feel like every day. And then just like the sex that they're having, like you feel depressed for. Dude, she's laying there motionless, still bra on. He is just missionary humping, looking away. I mean, could you have any more meaningless? No. Like, I mean, I don't blame her for taking birth control under these circumstances. Like, I, mean, <laughs> I almost felt like Tulip was being taken advantage of in this situation. I'm like, oh, God, we need to stop this. Right. Now, Danny mentions three different jobs. She's like, there's a burn gig. Mm-hmm. There's odd jobs for Victor. And then, of course, kill this Jew bastard, which is her husband. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought that was pretty good. I thought that I got a, got a little kick out of all that. Um, and she's the one that we saw back in season one, right? That uh, she meets in Houston? I believe so, yes. Okay. I believe so. Because I didn't know if that was a callback or not. Right. No, so, to Tulip comes back to the house with the the stepdaughter. Yes. She sits down. Oh, well, her boyfriend's killing my dad. And I, I love this stepdaughter. Like, I love how much more like well-mannered she is and everything. Yes, everything's and nonchalant. Like, mm-hmm. You know, no big deal. My dad's being killed by your boyfriend. <laughs> You know, whatever. Um, and so to make her watch TV in there with Dennis, which you don't get a facial of Dennis. No. You know. But and I, love, I think he's dead. Ed Cassidy <laughs> runs in there. Oh, no, no, no. That's just Dennis. Go ahead. Take these lentils with yeah. you. And it's just like, okay. You could put this little kid in there with this old geezer. Give me a break. Possible vampire. Depending. So Cassidy says, it's my fault. I'm going to go sort all this out. And out the door he goes. Did you find it interesting that Cassidy takes all the blame? Like willy nilly. Uh, yes and no, but I also think he wanted a reason to get out to Jesse mm-hmm. so he could try to fix all what he really did. He just kind of gave her a false truth of what he really wanted to go do. Okay. But my whole deal was, is that how in the hell did he know where to go? That's a good, uh, yeah, that's a good question. Because I mean, he, he just leaves and just address. knows where Victor is. Maybe he's got scent, like he can smell Jesse. Have they ever shown that in the show? They haven't. Uh, to me, I was like, he shows up at Victor's house while he's contemplating to kill him. And I'm like, mm, yeah, no. It, it was kind of, uh, yeah. It kind of left me with a bad taste in my mouth a little bit. I can understand that. Um, I didn't, wow. I can't believe I didn't even think about that when that was going on. Yeah. Because he mean, just like He just shows up. Now, I freaking love that these guys were still frozen. Yes. And the homeboy with the, pulling the gun out and his eyes looking around and he shoves him over and he's giggling. I got a kick out of that. That was pretty good. You know, and so he goes in there, you know, and he's trying to solve problems. And Je- and apparently, I guess, Tulip told him everything? That they'd slept together and everything? I didn't know. Yeah, because it they, wasn't didn't explain, clear. they didn't explain it at all. It wasn't clear. I don't think that he was told that. I think it was just the whole, bro, why you tell her, why you're not, you know, I can't trust you kind of thing. I don't know. Like, I felt like he said, like, I know you slept with Tulip. See, I, don't, I, I watched it twice, and I, don't, I didn't get that vibe. But now that like, he kind of gave him that option to tell him. So like now if he still doesn't know and it pops up later. Then he really isn't trustworthy. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I know it. Very yeah. weird stuff. And I mean, like he's just like, I'm with you, Padre, no matter what. Yeah, like, whatever you decide to do, I'm with you. And like he was, almost was trying to talk him into killing Victor. Exactly. And you know, and it didn't come off as a... And he's like, a mind trip or a Jedi mind trick no. of, you know, I'm with you knowing that you won't do it because I said that, you know, or there wasn't anything to it. It was just kind of like, it was awkward. Yeah. Cause he's like, what? Tulip and Jesse Custer not together. <laughs> Nonsense. They're together yeah. till the end of time. And I'm like, D- 
do you understand your role here, Cassidy? Yeah, really. You're not helping. No, you know? not at all. Um, yeah, I, I, I didn't get that. Uh, like I said, if that was what they were trying to do, it didn't come off well. No, not at all. Um, you know, of course he leaves, and, and so Jesse goes back and he's dealing with Victor. And he, I love how he goes. Hey, Hassel, hey, Hassel. I mean, I mean, every time I'm giggling, and he goes, "You want to, you want to know why she left you?" And he goes, "Why? Because you're an asshole." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I thought it was. Funny, I treated her nice. So <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought it funny, but then I'm just like, I don't know. It, it just felt weird. You know, as a guy who's spinning in a foosball table, I know you want to be like the big macho, you know, nothing's going to scare me. Get, let's go ahead and get this over with. But I'm also not going to antagonize him. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's like, let's go, let's go ahead and get this over with. Get rolling, you know. Be like, eh. Yeah. Especially like I said, after I saw everything. It just did. didn't roll off screen well. Mm-hmm. All of this. I think they had some funny peaks there, but just the delivery of this whole situation just didn't come out like I thought it should. It's very confusing. It goes back to doing the montage of the beer, the sex, and the whole nine yards again. And then you have this moment where Jesse decides that he's going to pray. And you see Tulip's expression. And this should have been a you know a catch of there's more to the story mm-hmm. because of what she did. Um, you know, I don't know. We don't deserve it. We ask questions, da-da-da-da. You know, and so he prays for it. And then you see the scene with him going to church. And then immediately after, he finds her stash. Yeah. And so on, which I thought they would, you know, the whole, her holding the stool thing. I was like, okay, that was curious. And then nothing comes from it until much, much later. Yeah. And then like, it doesn't even show him like going through the stash. He just has the stash. Correct. Because like, if you, if anyone's ever gone looking for something and stuff, it takes a while to find stuff. Like, why didn't we get a montage of him trashing the house, trying to look for something that he's not even sure exists? Yeah, well, I think he was living the impression that he believed that what they were doing was what's going to happen. And so finding the Bible is the greatest betrayal. Yeah. You know, so I didn't have a big part of that, but the the bag full of cash, you know, the birth control and, you know, and their kind of conversation back and forth arguing, mm-hmm. which was kind of tough. And, you know, I get all that. And he, she's like, you know, look what we're doing. We're, you know, we're, look at you and, you know. And he's like, I'm going back to Amel. But I was, why in the hell did he beat his guy friend up? I mean, he just started way late. But not only that, did you see how bad the, his punches were? Because they were nowhere near his face. Mm-mm. I mean, I watched this two or three times, and he's cupped his wrist, which you would never do to punch somebody. Nope. And so it's like he's hitting with the back of his wrist because of the way his his hands were. And like that's back to back bad fight fight scenes where like last time we kind of wrote it off as oh you know it's kind of funny you know maybe right where this time this one like, was blatantly obvious that his punches were nowhere near his face his fists were not even looking proper it was just off it was just off a little bit it's just like the episode it mm-hmm. was just off a little bit you know I just and of course he proclaims shortly after I'm going back to Anvil and voila we get the idea that. Okay, this is this was the gap. Yeah. This is what we missed in the prequel. This is what we were supposed to know before he showed up in Anvil. You didn't need to know it. And I don't feel better knowing it. Mm-mm. You know? So we had a great opportunity. We could have made the story anything, and it just went south. I don't know what they were trying to let us see or do, but it fell flat for me. Yeah, uh, I just... But then I think we get what him cutting down Victor, which even like they tried yeah, like, to make. Yeah, well, how it. about how about this? He goes in there and he's talking to him, and he goes and grabs this axe, 
And, and he pulls a, a sharpening stone off. A whetstone. And puts three or four marks across it. Like it's, that did anything. And circles it there. I'm just like, what? That's I not- was just like, why in the Sam Hill are we sharpening a blunt axe? I, I was just... Uh, and like you said, he cuts him down. They try so, to make it ambiguous and stuff. I'm like, it, it's obvious that he cut him down. Yeah. And then he comes into the house, cut him down. Yeah. And then everyone freaks out like, oh my God, he killed him. Because, you know, that's a term right. you could say to kill somebody. And then he's like... Well, if you want me to say, I cut him down. I let him live. Like, how was that not obvious? Really? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, that, that's what we're like, going with. Oh, here. that's your pun? Okay, good. Yeah, exactly. I, I just like that whole setup. I mean, if you're trying to be intimidating, you pulling the whetstone out on an axe. I mean, really? Yeah. I mean, really? <laughs> let me get these four good strokes in to make sure it's nice yeah. and dull. I cut his harness down. So I, sacri- I, I sufficed for divorce papers. Yeah. What? Did you see divorce papers anywhere? No. Well, I mean, he pulled them out. Yeah, but I'm like, anywhere before this scene? No, because I mean... Were they handy? Pretty sure those have to be notarized. Like, you can't just... <sighs> I didn't get that at all. No. I, I mean, And then Tulip's just like, oh, okay, everything's A-okay. And I'm like, damn it, Tulip. Well, then it goes back to Tulip as a backstory where she's playing Monopoly with Victor. She's like, give me Atlantic Avenue. You know, oh, you're a hard woman. I married a hard woman. Okay. I love you. Da, da, da. And you have this awkward kiss. And she gets a phone call from Danny saying, I found Carlos. And she's, she's gone. gone. You know? And Victor's like, what the hell? And like now, like I, I don't know why Victor was even that mad. Like, yeah, she ran away and everything and you're hunting her down. But like... Yeah. I mean, like, they made, the, they made it seem like because she, she ran like, out not under bad circumstances. She no. just left. And so this whole time, he's looking for her. Like she robbed him, or she made killed job something, go bad, like, or you know, betray all this stuff. Business, anything. But this is the woman you love. I treat nice, and you, you, us, the viewer, has made to believe that she's about to go into being brutally tortured and killed. Mm-hmm. When that's not even close to what how they left. And so I don't understand why they made us believe that she was in so much danger, and Victor was such a dangerous and vicious man, and Ben was going to do all this stuff to her. And the reality of it was is that that was never even on the table. No. And like she ends up saying, it's like, oh, well, I mean, there's only like a 3% chance. It's like, it wasn't even that. No. Like, uh, now we know why, like, you, were, you weren't really worried, but like, yeah. just w- w- walked into the house. You didn't need to go buy cigarettes. Exactly. I just, I don't know. I don't know if it was supposed to make us believe that way or how it was going to go. It just, it didn't, I don't know. Like I said, the episode just was all over the map for me, mm-hmm. you know, and I absolutely love this show. And then shortly thereafter, we get Victor, and he's in his bedroom, and his daughter's like, I can't sleep, and he's <laughs> carrying this automatic Uzi. <laughs> like he's pointed at the door as she's trying to open it. Right. Open. And he doesn't immediately put it down. He still holds it as she's yeah. sitting in the doorway. Exactly. Uh, it could have a bad guy behind her. You know, this could be a ploy. So I, I applaud them there. Okay. You know, I don't know if he would out. use his daughter as a shield, but anyway. Would you read to me? Oh, do you want to do some target practice? It might, you know, you know how it makes you feel better. I was like, OMG, <laughs> his little daughter's yeah. going to carry an Uzi to target practice? But then I'm also kind of like, I kind of want to shoot, see her shoot this Uzi. I really do, like, too. I, mean, I, 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 really I want to go see too. what this target practice room looks well, like. And then it goes crazy. He's like, you want to, I just want you to read. Okay, well, look, the Dow Jones is down 22 yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> no, no, uh, You don't have any not. bedtime stories? Like, you know I mean, saying? where's Winnie the Pooh? Yeah. Where's Green Eggs and Ham? And you're talking about the Dow Jones. Which I have no idea how that works. Yeah. Like, I was like, yeah, cool. Spanish to me. Um, 
so all of a sudden you hear all this gunfire mm-hmm. and like that. You know, and I got to be honest with you. The first thing that's going to my mind is like, who could this be? I had no clue. I had zero clue. Completely forgot that he'd used the voice of Genesis there so much and everything. All right. And so, of course, Santa Killer just mowed everybody down. He burst through the door. He tells his daughter to go hide in the closet. I and love that he only shoots like seven bullets and then he's like, well, this is useless. Yeah. He's like, didn't even bother any of the clip or anything. Right. And then he's just like, preacher. And he's just like, what? Yeah. Wrong answer. Yeah. You know, it's like watching Daniel Jones. You chose poorly. He blows <laughs> his chest cavity away. Which, and I thought he hit him like. Two- kind of off to the side. Yeah. It was a little over to the right and so on, which would not have been an instant kill. It would have been a lung penetration. He'd been coughing up blood and it would have been horrible. Now that his back might have looked like a crater. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the first time we've actually seen the gun, right? Well, this well, no, we've seen it a lot because okay. when we did his prequel, we show him. That oh, day, yes, 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 yes. And when he was in his in his hell, um, but this was not an instant death. No, I mean he shot him and he was dead as a fish in seconds, which I can't stand. Drives me nuts. You want some the, twitching and everything? Yeah, I mean he should have been oh rolled over. A little bit of gurgle. Yeah, there would have been something. He's got at least six seconds of life left, <laughs> not just a single shot, dead as a fish, leaned back. Because, I mean, he leaned back like he, and he was motionless. He was done. And, I mean, that only happens when you took the head cavity away. Mm-hmm. And, just, and, of course, you know, he finds a little girl sniffling. I know where the preacher is. And credits. Yeah, and I love that she just rat him out. Oh, Let's yeah. Do. I know exactly where he is. Um and like I said, that's basically the episode. We got very little move forward. We got a gap that was unnecessary. It was unfortunate. But what we do know is, and what's exciting, is the Santa Killers is in town. Yes. And this is going to force the storyline to move exponentially. In some shape or form, whether we're getting out of New Orleans or... I, I don't see how we really stay in New Orleans. But I feel like we're going to stay at least another episode or two just because well, he believes. I'm not being spoiler alert. The, the, the preview for next week talks about how they're going to research the origins of the Saint of Killers and try to figure out a way to stop him on their terms based on who he was and what he was. I'm excited about that. Okay. I'm really looking forward to seeing what they're going to uncover, what kind of plan is going to be hashed to be able to handle this. And if they're having to duck and weave him in this metropolis area, I can only imagine the carnage that oh, he's going to bring to the screen. The body count is going to rise I cannot wait. I cannot wait. But I'm telling you right now, if we do not see a news channel or cops going, you know, another vicious homicide where eight <laughs> gangsters and the victor was murdered in his home, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. That, that's got to be relevant considering the how magnitude. well they did in the first season. Exactly. And everything. Keep, and like we've already brought the news into this season. Exactly. And so, yeah, I'm with you. We definitely need to see at least some bottom ticker line at a bar. We or need something. to see some reality mm-hmm. in this reality. We need to go back to like all the funny things that they were doing in the first season to bring exactly. that back. Exactly. You know, and so. That's what I'm looking forward to the next episode. I think the next episode is really going to rebound and pick up. Don't get me wrong. I watched every minute of this episode. I wasn't necessarily what I would call bored, but I was disappointed. Like you weren't enthralled. You weren't like hanging on to it. No, I was just disappointed in the content they decided to use for this setup episode. Mm -hmm. To me, I think they were trying to aim for kind of some kind of dull humor. Or even, I don't know what you want to call it, um, it just kind of fell flat for me. It did. And that's where I was at on the episode. 
Um, still love the show. Still think it's the most interesting and unique show on television right now in a good way. I love that they're not afraid to show, you know, some of the really unique violence, blood, and stuff like that. And it's not grotesque, but it doesn't shy away either. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, I'm, I just hope, because we got so excited. We saw so much of hell. We saw so much of Hitler and R's face and everything. And then we just completely abandoned that for no reason. Yeah, we got nothing out of that situation. Don't get me wrong. I, I thought it would be weird if we stopped this episode and snuck that in there. Yeah. If we're dealing with the past and flashbacks, it would have been weird to see the current, you know, I mean, when you phrase it hell. like that, that makes sense. But also, I wouldn't have cared. Well, it would have broke up some of the monotony. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I'm sure the people who produced the show didn't think this was monotonous as it was, but unfortunately it was. It's just the way it goes. Yeah, I mean, they took risk. And I applaud them for it. It just, like we said, it fell flat. And it was a bad episode. They happen. They do. They do. Trust and me. like this doesn't change how we view about the show or anything. And we just really didn't want to come yeah. on and bash Look, it. Look, I'm used to bad episodes on yeah. AMC. We watch Walking Dead. <laughs> as much as it's my favorite show ever. There's a lot of... There, and in an eight, an eight episode half season, you can guarantee you two so, of them yeah. are probably close to dog shit. <laughs> You know what I mean? Good, you know, filler, like, what the heck? Why are we doing this? That makes no sense. Completely implausible. Bridge too far. You know, it just travels from night to day like this. Instant travel. No way he survived that. I mean, I can go on and on for Walking Dead, but I still love the show. Yeah. Um, so it just is what it is. But, guys, what did y'all think? Did y'all think this was a floater? Or did you think this was a uh, pure flush? What do you think? I, I want to know what your thoughts were. I know some people are like, this is pure gold, cinematic magic. I mean, some of our people, we put we put rate the, rate the episode on Padre. We've got a lot of people say it's 10 because it's just so much better than anything else on TV because it's so different. And I agree with you. But do I think the episode was a 10? Not really. Um, but we'd love to hear what your thoughts. Hit us up with an email. We're at bleedtvpodcast at gmail. Um, we're on Facebook. We're on, on Twitter. We're on YouTube. You can subscribe to a channel in there. So if you can catch us all on YouTube, if, if that's your thing, and we have all these faucets, we, you know, if you're listening or you're, you know, first time list, whatever, really check it out. Send us some information of what you think about the show. If you thought we're like completely off and we're dog shit, tell us. Yeah, let us know. Trust me, we get hate mail, but you'd be surprised that we'll have conversations with people and. I swear, 75% of them turn out to be fans. Some of our biggest fans are people that we weren't afraid to have a conversation with, explained and justified, listened to their opinions, changed our opinions, and ended up being a great relationship, and they've been listeners to us for years. And so, come on. Don't take two minutes to send us a response or an idea or a thought, whatever. We look forward to it. But other than that, guys, I'm going to keep it short this week. Like I said, not our favorite episode, but we're looking forward to next week. And that's what we're going to call it. So this is Bleed TV. I'm Zach. And I'm Cash. And we'll see you all next week.